is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. As 18,347 in unison urged them on. Turned over by Markstrom. Great shot, score! This crowd explodes! Ryan Nugent Hopkins, an absolute gift! 21 seconds in! 1 nothing for the Oilers! Battle for Yamamoto from behind the net. Sets a barrier shot, save, rebound, score! The Oilers regain the lead! Hopkins, 4-3, 3.27 to play, right under the bar, on the rebound. The Nuge is indeed huge. He scores early and he scores late. And the Oilers take game four over the Calgary Flames. 5-3 is the final. The Oilers lead the series three games to one. They will try to win it on Thursday night back in Calgary. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. An entertaining game. A game with a couple of uh, well, one incredibly unusual goal. Uh, one goal that was on a goalie giveaway. Nugent Hopkins first goal 21 seconds into the game. Markstrom just passed the puck right to Nugent Hopkins who had an open net from an angle to put it in. And Rasmus Anderson scored a goal that apparently has been measured at 132 feet that obviously Mike Smith didn't pick up until it went right by his left side, shorthanded goal that tied at 3-3. And you wondered how the Oilers were going to bounce back from that because Calgary had been outplaying them for the for yep. the second and third period to that point anyway. And then they get a long-range bomber after taking a too-many-men uh, too penalty. But the Oilers come back, and the Nugent-Hopkins goal starts with a guy who we've seen start a lot of plays down low, Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah, Yamamoto, wonderful play. He had to fight off uh, two defenders in the corner. Then he carried it around the net, using his body to shield the puck away from the defender, and he found Barry. Nice play by Barry, moving into an area away from a, uh, his checker, put himself in a place that he could being a passing lane for Yamamoto. Yamamoto put the puck where he needed to be, and then you have Nugent Hopkins out battling the defenseman in front. So uh, the three of them made a three nice plays to allow the Edmonton Oilers to, I don't know if escape with a victory is the right word, but the, uh, to seal a victory in a game that had a lot of nervous fans watching as uh, what looked like was going to be a party all night long with a 3 nothing lead turned into a lot of people chewing on their fingernails and maybe a couple people on their knees asking for some help from up above. But the Edmonton Oilers got it done, and now they are one game away from moving on to the next round. Yeah, and Yamamoto wasn't on that line uh, much of the night, so him moving up there yes. at a key time and making a big play is our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind mm -hmm. down the line. It, you know, Rob, the, the Flames are now behind in the series. I look at this game, and we talked so much on the faceoff show. How are they going to bounce back? How are they going to bounce back? Can the Oilers keep doing what they were doing in game three? Well, I, I would say the Flames, for the most part, did bounce back. 
uh, they're down three nothing after the first period on a, a, on a huge mistake. Yep. And then maybe a bit of a, a, a lucky one where Kane took the shot that was going glove side and deflected and went blocker side. Full credit to them for fighting back. I, I mean, especially once they they I mean, they got the, those two goals 36 seconds apart midway through the second period and you, you kind of sensed he, it was going to come down to the but wire. But even before that, you, they, yeah. they were they were playing well. The, I thought the Flames had a really good game. They came in with a different game plan. First, I got to give credit to, to Tanev coming in and playing on the back end. He's in pain. Uh, the, the first goal that Hyman scored at the beginning of the about 35, 45 seconds before Hyman scored, he got hit. And if you see, he was holding his shoulder. He kept looking over to the bench. He wanted to change, but he couldn't get off. He couldn't shoot the puck out. And eventually, he was out-muscled in front of the net by a stronger Hyman. Yet he continued and finished the game. I didn't think he was going to finish the game. But you, you saw some resolve in the Calgary Flames tonight. Most of their players. I thought Johnny Goudreau was good. He was robbed twice by Mike Smith. But the one player that... For me, the Calgary Flames did not get a good game out of and hasn't now for a while, for the last few, is Kachuk. And you need your best players to be good at this time of year. You need your best players to, to lead you. And I thought Backlund was good. I thought Mangiapane was good. But the one player that really struggled in this game and they needed him big time was Matthew Kachuk. Having said all of that, Markstrom... Was After the, the gaff, he was excellent. He was good. I mean, and what a save he made on Leon Dreisaitl just before the, the Calgary Flames scored the long bomb. Dreisaitl was robbed by Markstrom. I don't believe this series is over. I think the Calgary Flames are going to have one last push on home ice, and their their entire thought process right now will be get back to Edmonton. Yeah. So I would expect Calgary's best game. A desperation game will come two days from now. It'll be interesting to see if the Edmonton Oilers can match that and finish this series off. Well, it was such a crazy sequence because Calgary takes a too-many-men penalty with 11-0-1 left in the third, down a goal, and you think, oh. It's over. It's over, and, and Dreisaitl gets the patented one-timer off and, and an outstanding save by Markstrom. And then about 50 seconds after that, Anderson scores the length of the ice. Have you ever been in a game? I, I have not seen a goal of that length on a goalie in the NHL. I, I think... I think the year the Rangers won the Stanley Cup in the second round, I think Hatcher might have scored a long one on Mike Richter that snuck underneath him. Uh, I've seen a goal in the AJHL on the goalie from probably almost the length of the ice where he just didn't see it. I have. I've played in, in Bo Old Boston Garden. In, it was a smaller rink. And I, I think it was Ray Bork that walked around the net and took a slap shot from one foot over his goal line and scored on our goalie. We lost that game one nothing. That was the only goal scored in the game. So I have seen it, but I've never seen one in uh, that was as big a moment as this one. I mean, 3-2 playoff game, uh, shorthanded. And it, it was just, it caught everyone so off guard because the one that I saw when Ray Bork, Boston Bruins used to try that all the time. They would shoot because it was a short rink and they would try to fire to score or at least create a, a big rebound. This one just was out of the blue. I mean, Anderson, I believe he was shooting on net. I believe he was. But it just like, I mean, it took my breath away. I'm in this, I'm like, oh my God, did, you, did that just happen? Yeah. I can't believe that. And the Smith's reaction, it's like, okay, what happened? Like, why, why is everyone like... What, and like he was baffled so uh, at that point you're thinking oh you know what maybe this is the flames night 
And the very next shift, they had two or three good opportunities again. Toffoli had a couple chances. Yep. Backlund had a couple and chances. Smith lost track of the puck yeah. on that one right beside the goal. Yeah. Oh, that was a bad bounce off thing. And now this is that was that one. Here's what going a little bit further in the game, and I, Bob and I touched on it after the game. The Calgary Flames are shorthanded for the remainder of the hockey game, down yep. a goal. Doesn't happen often, but occasionally. But as a, you, you've got to know, you've got to be prepared for this. They get a face-off in the offensive zone because Michael Backlund, who had a great game tonight and has been very good all series, has two whacks at it and has two great opportunities shorthanded. But they get a face-off in the offensive zone. The Oilers put their second power play unit out there. I do not know how the Calgary Flames don't pull their goalie right there. It's a little over two minutes in the game, but you've got a face-off in the offensive zone and you've got the second unit out there. You have to pull your goalie there because you may not get the puck in the offensive zone again. I don't understand that. And then later on in the power penalty kill for the Flames, they had the puck control of it behind their own net. And again, they don't pull their goalie then. I don't know what you're waiting for. You're going to be shorthanded the entire game. So uh, just a couple of weird non-pulling of the goalies. We saw that last game that we wondered about Jack Michaels before the game. Um, I know it's old school to wait until the last second, but... Uh, the Calgary Flames being shorthanded the final three and a half minutes or whatever it is of the hockey game, they needed a goal. Having said that, it was a, a good response for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, a fun night for the fans, and now we get to look forward to hopefully a closeout game in two days. Oilers win 5-3. They're up 3-1 in the best of seven. The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Okay, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Jay Woodcroft. Able to regain the composure and pull it out. Yeah, I, you know, I've been really impressed with our group's um, ability to handle adversity. Um, our guys were saying the right things on the bench. There was calm, there was composure, and we knew we just had to uh, continue to do the things things that lead to success and for us it was making sure we had the right people on the ice at the right time um, you know there was a period in the game where we thought we stopped shooting the puck I thought um, after that goal went in we we put our nose back to the grindstone and found a way to to get the winning goal so I was happy for our group what can you say about Ryan Nugent Hopkins yeah I mean um, he kind of falls under the radar in terms of uh, really good hockey players on our team uh, you know, just because you know you have people that are doing what they're doing uh, and the numbers they're putting up but Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, was the first overall draft pick in the NHL for a reason he's a heck of a hockey player uh, he does a lot of really subtle things very well and uh, he makes us a deeper team when he's in our lineup uh, he allows me to move some of the chess pieces around the chessboard and um, you know to see him get rewarded with two tonight I was happy for him personally Jay when you see a goal like that go in what's your first job on the bench how do you react to something like that? yeah good question um, I didn't I didn't see it so I didn't see it, it going in it was kind of at the tail end of a power play for us and uh, so I was worried about getting the next group and the next thing I know uh, it ended up in our net so I, I didn't know what happened I wanted to double check with our coach's office make sure that uh, it was a legal goal 
And then uh, after it was um, declared a legal goal, it was just about, hey, it's about taking care of our next shift, what's immediately in front of us. And um, I thought our guys, like I said, uh, showed a really good measure of resolve, really good measure of resiliency. And in the end, we got the right people on the ice at the right time, found a way to score. A hunch getting Yamamoto on there for the winning goal because he was not there and then you decided that he was there? Yeah, yeah, that was just something that uh, I felt I wanted to make a little flip, move uh, move some people around, pull a lever or two, and, um, you know, um, I'm thankful that we have a whole bunch of really good players that it, that affords a coach the opportunity to move people around, and that was just one of those gut feels at that time in the game. And Kane just keeps scoring goals. I mean, it's, that's a lot of goals, and in the second round, he's already got 12. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really impressive what he's doing. Um, you know, the other thing he doesn't get credit for is just how physical he is. He finishes every every check. He goes to hard areas to score. And, you know, that was, I think that ended up being a power play goal for us uh, to, to ice the game. So, um, yeah, they have a good game for him. And that is a whole heck of a lot of goals for him. Jay, in terms of the, the growth of your group here, yeah, you know, going back to game six against L.A., you, you had a two-week stretch where a lot of the games felt like do or die or feet to the fire. Tonight was a different challenge. The Calgary would be the more desperate team, and you have to find and match that. Mm -hmm. And this group hasn't been really in that spot before. So what do you think of the way they handled that tonight? Yeah, I thought um, it was a gut check win for our team. So I'm really happy for our, our group to be able to find the win. I think we set out um, today when we spoke to our guys, and we used the, the mantra, whatever it takes, whatever it takes doesn't matter if a, you know, something bad happens in the game, whatever it takes. It doesn't matter if uh, you spent a minute and a half in your own end, if you're willing to block the shot, that, and that's what's required, whatever it takes. And, and that's a good counter thrust to any of the outside noise. And uh, tonight, um, you know, we got up 3-0. Um, they scored a couple in the middle frame. A weird one goes in. But in the end, our group had that mantra, whatever it takes and they got it done when it counted jay a goal like that can be a real backbreaker but you said you're you, you know you really like the, com the composure of your group and the way they they deal with adversity where does that come from how did how have you guys been able to to build that up over the course of your tenure here well uh, first of all, it doesn't just start since um, Dave and I came up from Bakersfield. It doesn't start there. I think we have a lot of really good um, and experienced playoff performers that have been brought into the organization. Um, so the, the ability to handle adversity would start with that, that group. I think over time, uh, there's been some scars. Uh, and I think you learn from those um, moments uh, throughout your career. And um, that said, in the three months that Dave and I have been up here, there have been moments that didn't go according to script or according to plan, um, yet uh, we talk about the things required to overcome them. And, and in the end, I would say that we have a very, very strong belief that we have what it takes to come through any type of circumstance. And um, that, that I, I think, is uh, something that's immeasurable.
Jay, we're not talking a lot, uh, at least the outside isn't about your blue line. And just the job that those guys seem to be doing, making smart little plays and allowing the offense to happen, it seems tonight there were a number of those instances. Just a thought on how well those guys are moving it and helping that way. Yeah, I think um, we have a lot of really... Uh, unheralded would I guess would be the word um, players on our back end um, they all represent different ingredients uh, you have Tyson Berry the power play quarterback probably doesn't get enough respect for how well he knows the game and how how little time he spends in his own zone um, Brett Kulak who's been just a fantastic addition uh, to our team someone who is um, you know his greatest assets his legs and he really compliments his partner well Keith and Bouchard um, are just un unbelievable character people um, they complement each other with their different levels of skill set and experience um, they work very hard for each other and they zip that puck up quick uh, to our forward group and then you have the shutdown pair of CC and and uh, Nurse, who play big minutes against the best players in the world, I think, um, uh, well, you know, maybe we don't have some of the um, types of uh, D that other teams have. I think as a whole, and when you add Chris Russell's experience and fearlessness and Philip Broberg's uh, youth and energy and legs to that mix, I think as a whole... Um, you know, or some is uh, greater than, I don't know, how do you say that? The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, Jay, your, your three pairs, you look at their minutes tonight, and it's it's almost even across the board. And, and obviously in the regular season, when Nurse was more than available and healthy, he was playing more. The other guys have really stepped up, and, and you've showed a lot of trust in, in, in the whole group now. Not that you didn't trust me before, but due to circumstances, you know, Kulak and, and your Duncan Keith, and, and all of them are playing even. Can you talk about just that almost confidence to roll out any combination at any time now? Sure. Sure. And it's, it's something that we have a belief or trust in our players. We think we have a lot of really good um, players available to us at all positions. I think that group, um, you know, when we first came up, Dave and I, we, we had the idea of spreading the minutes out amongst the many rather than concentrating or consolidating them just in one pairing. And I think when you do that, uh, players uh, understand uh, that you're giving them fair opportunities. And, um, you know, like I said, I think we have lots of really good ingredients to that back end, and uh, they're performing admirably. All right, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft as Edmonton wins 5-3 over Calgary tonight to ask a couple questions about the Oilers defense score and, and the minutes have been pretty even we know that Darnell Nurse is not 100% he plays 18-33 tonight Keith plays 21-33 CC 19-44 Barry 20-48 Bouchard 18-04 uh, Kulak got to 18-27 uh, so they're all between 18 and a half and 21 and a half which is pretty interesting it is it, it's not the same as we've seen in the past where they ride Darnell for 27 28 minutes a night now I do believe he is battling something as he's a he's playing a much more subtle game you don't see him 
jumping up in the play, leading the rush. Uh, his physicality is down a bit, but he's playing simple. And given the, the Oilers good minutes of safe hockey, and I think that's what you're seeing with uh, all the Oilers defensemen right now, there's no big gaffes. There's no big mistakes out there. They're not giving up odd man breaks. They're playing simple, smart hockey and allowing their offensive players the ability to take control of hockey games. So the, the Oilers aren't chasing because there's not the big mistakes that we've seen in the past from the back end. Okay, 5-3 the final. Thanks to James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's a $500 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. They give 100 bucks for every Oilers goal. The playoff total is up to 4,700. So 47 goals, a quarter of which, a little over a quarter, 12, have been scored by Evander Kane, who gets one late in the first period and sealed it with the empty netter, which will also go into the books as a power play goal because uh, Anderson was still serving that double minor for the high stick on McLeod. We are happy to hear from you tonight as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're going to hear from Mike Smith and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's a 3-1 series lead for the Oilers. This is Heartland Ford over time open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Backland in over the line. Kachuk activates down the slot. Dishes off. What timer? Sprawling save made by Mike Smith. Brilliantly done against Johnny Gaudreau. That is Mike Smith's save of the game for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface Smith makes 29 saves. He gets the victory. The Oilers beat the Flames 5-3. Mike Smith allows... I mean, it, it's, it's so interesting how things work out. If the Flames... Okay, let me start over. That is going to be one of the most memorable goals in Battle of Alberta history. Yes. If Calgary wins this game, it's up there possibly... It's right below the Steve Smith goal, probably. Well, if, if Calgary wins this game and somehow wins the series and yeah. all of a sudden if, well, if Calgary it, wins yeah. the game yeah it's series right. two too if Calgary wins the it, game it would probably be the number two most talked about goal yeah. in the history of the Oilers playoffs but it's funny I, well, there would be games if I had a hat trick in the National Hockey League there would be games where they could count the length of my goals and it would work out to about 14 inches well, a lot all of guys. three goals yes yeah. three goals well, tonight, Mike Smith gave up 140 feet of goals. You don't see that very often, yet he came away with a victory. Uh, good on him after giving up that goal to make a couple big saves. And there was, again, we talked about it a little while ago, the save he made on Backlund, shorthanded, yeah. late in the game. Uh, again, that's a, a big reason that the Oilers are going to Calgary with a chance to close this one out. Yeah, really interesting game. I mean, we've already seen some crazy ones in this series, you can kind of say neither team wilted. Is Calgary, nope. Calgary probably deserved, well not probably, Calgary deserved a better fate than three nothing down after yep. the first period. And then the Oilers let a three nothing lead slip away on that goal that, I mean, had to be crushing. Though Woodcroft said, he, I wonder how many players didn't even see it until they saw the replay. Well, he, uh, tr truthfully, most, most wouldn't look. Because most, he's icing. So now, the, it was the end, at the end of the power play. So there now like, they're waiting. Two Four or three, seconds yeah. left in the penalty. So now yeah. there's guys changing, and a lot of the times you're looking at your man. You're not looking at when someone dumps the puck down. So, yeah, you're right. A lot of guys, that's why it'd be like 
okay, why is there silence? And you look at how is the puck in the back of the net? And actually, I didn't look at it because I was watching the TV to see the replay. But I imagine if I would have looked at the Oilers' bench right after the goal, you would have seen 19 faces looking up in the air trying to figure out what just happened because they couldn't have seen it live or believed what they saw live. Uh, it just made for a much more exciting and entertaining finish to a hockey game. I, in all honesty, I wish these, back in the old days, used to play back-to-back, day-off, back-to-back, day-off. I wish these guys were going back-to-back -back again tomorrow because that was highly entertaining. This series has been everything you'd hoped it would be. Now you'd like to see one more Edmonton victory and then move on to probably the Colorado Avalanche. Okay, so the Oilers win 5-3. Nugent Hopkins scores twice. Kane scores twice. Hyman scores. He has five now in this series. I set the line before the game at five and a half for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Total points by McDavid, Kane, and Dreisaitl. It's two for McDavid, two for Kane, three for Dreisaitl. It's over. Dreisaitl got three assists. Oh, did he get the assist on the last goal too? They, uh, the last official on the last goal is uh, Kane for McDavid and Dreisaitl. Oh, I didn't notice yeah. that. So, well, well, then you needed that empty netter to put you over then. No, uh, yeah, they, that's right, because they each got a point on yeah. it. So it's over, so it's Fenton who gets the $50 River Free Resort and Casino gift card. Okay, wow. Well, and that's what's got to be disheartening today for, for the Flames as well. They, this is the best they played against Connor, Leon, and Kane. Having said that, they had seven points in the game, but it was the best that they played against them, and yet they lose the hockey game and they give up seven points to the line they're trying to shut down. Okay, 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline. We have Kevin standing by. Kevin, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing tonight? Good. Uh, I got a question. Like, Jay Woodcroft, a rookie coach against Daryl Sutter, um, what's he doing better than Daryl? Like... It's impressive, right? Well, I mean, the one advantage, she has Connor and Leon. That's and pretty big. Dar yeah, Daryl doesn't, true, so yeah. that is an advantage. And Woodcroft's goaltending has been better than Daryl Sutter's okay. goaltending. Okay, but also, um, uh, why did they get rid of Tippett? Uh, uh, Kevin, uh, look, man, uh, no disrespect. We, we've, we have covered that extensively. We, okay, we, I apologize. We covered that yeah. extensively, so we're going to focus on the on the playoffs. That was uh, February, March, April, May. That was three and a half months ago. So we're going to focus on the on the playoff drive here. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Mitch calling in as well. Mitch, it's nice to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, can you hear me now? Yes, Mitch, we have you. Yeah. Hey, boys, thanks a lot for taking my call. I really appreciate the work you do because uh, I live in Boston. I don't get to, like, be part of the whole thing. I think Rob, after the game the other day, he said, like, it's an exciting time to be in Edmonton. I'm from Edmonton, but I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not able to take into this playoff, this playoff run. And I listen, to the, I listen to you guys every win. I don't listen after losses. But after every win, it really makes me feel like I'm part of it. It makes me feel like I'm part of the run. And I appreciate the work you do. But in that vein, I'm calling because I'm hoping that somebody listening out there is also in Boston, in the Boston area. Let's watch hockey together. I'm here. I'm like my heart's beating out of my chest watching these games. I'm, is... I'm alone watching it on a laptop. 
We're a dating app. You're looking yes. for a date. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is a personal, a personal app. Exactly. There's got to be a lot of hockey fans in Boston. I mean, oh. The Bruins are pretty big. What's this dude? The guy that used uh, to call? Scott used to, we had a gentleman named Scott from Boston who used to call quite a bit. We haven't heard from him in a while. He's a big so, you're, fan. so you're looking for other Oilers fans in the Boston area. Yeah, look. Yeah, it's not the same. Like you watch, if you watch with somebody else, like I watch with my wife sometimes, but she doesn't care, right? It's not the same if they don't have any investment okay. in the game. And a, and a Bruins fan well, tell you care. What, why don't, so why look, don't you tweet there, me? Why, yeah. don't, why, why don't you DM me or something, and I can link to your Twitter account, and maybe that'll get people I, going. I'll, I'll why, do that. How come I'll, you're an I'll Oilers DM fan? What's I'll, what's your history with the team? Oh, I'm, I'm from Edmonton. I grew up there. I moved here okay. three years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Oilers fan. I, I suffered the decade of darkness. This is, like, amazing for me that we're not, like, pathetic. It's a, it's a fantastic run. Um, but, yeah, so I'll DM you absolutely. If you yeah. want to email me, look, Liddell, like Chuck Liddell, the fighter, at ualberta.ca. Let's do this. Let's watch hockey. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Mitch. We appreciate it. Thanks appreciate for tuning it, in from uh, Boston and calling in because it's 1.11 a.m. there. Man, oh, man, he would have been up really late. Some of the other games in this series, and especially in the first round. But that that's cool. It has been neat for us, Rob. We've talked to Oilers fans across Canada, various parts of the United States, Australia. Uh, I think we've had some callers from uh, Asia. So mm -hmm. it's it's pretty neat, obviously, in, around Europe as well. So it is pretty neat, the, the draw the team has. Sometimes it's Edmontonians who have moved elsewhere i talked to the uh, australian comedian he was the fan of the night in the first round on one of the games and he just got into hockey and started watching well, hockey it, and now and they, the game started noon over there well that's it he's, he's a comedian so he works in the evening he's he's loves it i would love for you and i to do our show from there then do it at noon go out for dinner afterwards we're not staying up till three in the morning well the, the thing is too if you're newer to hockey you're drawn to the best. It's just like if you're new to basketball, you're going to fall in love with this team. You're new to baseball. Well, if you're new to hockey, you're going to fall in love with the Oilers because they have the two best players in the world. They're an exciting team to watch, and it's a good way to learn uh, and enjoy uh, the the pure skill of the game if you get to watch Connor and Leon on a, a nightly basis. So uh, all those newcomers to the game of hockey, cheer on those Oilers because they are one game away from moving into the Final Four. So the Oilers get three goals in the first period. Nuge 21 seconds in off a pass from Markstrom. <laughs> uh, Hyman scored on the power play. That was at 9.53. And then, again, huge goal. Calgary was pretty good for most of the first period. They dominated from about five minutes left till two minutes left. And then Kane scores with just over a minute to go in the first. Yeah, two self-inflicted wounds to start the game for the Flames. First, Markstrom throws the puck away, and Nugent Hopkins has a wide-open net, and then just a dumb penalty by Toffoli. Uh, you cannot give a good team a power play on a silly play like that. That was a slew foot, and that should actually be a fine. Uh, Fogel, it, it, he was he was hurt when he went down. So to me, that's a fine against Toffoli, but that's just dumb. You just gifted the Edmonton Oilers a power play for no reason, away from the play. Uh, but I do give credit to the Calgary Flames on the, the way they battled back. Down 3 nothing in Edmonton. Everything's going against you, and they got better. That was the, the last 40 minutes. They played excellent hockey and are unfortunate to come out on the wrong end. But now they've got to play excellent hockey without mistakes for three straight games. That is a lot of pressure on the Calgary Flames. It starts with one game two nights from now, and it starts with the Edmonton Oilers trying to finish this series off as quick as possible. 
So the, the final special teams tally is the Oilers go two for four on the power play and allow a shorthanded goal. That was the long shot, and their their empty net goal was also a power play goal. The Flames go one for three on the power play. Lindholm with a really nice shot in the second period. That was with the man advantage. The power play update for Shield Foundation Repairs. Fix your foundation today with safe and effective repairs. Visit shieldfoundationrepair.ca. The Oilers take it 5-3. More your phone calls, more post-game reaction as we move along on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Coming, dry settle to Kane, down the slot, a shot, scores! 3-0 Edmonton. Evander Kane has 11 in the postseason. Evander Kane would add an empty netter. He has 12 in the postseason. Oilers beat the Flames 5-3. Nuge with the winner. 3.27 left in the third. Nugent Hopkins, the first star. Hyman, the second star. Lindholm from the Flames, the third star. And Evander Kane will be the fourth star for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to Sentinel.ca. So, Rob, in your mind, what did the Flames do better tonight that, that had them... Right in the game. Well, really, I think um, they were the better team in the last 40 minutes. I agree. I, I thought they competed better. I, I thought they were more disciplined. Um, uh, the one thing that they need to do a better job still of is getting pucks in deep cross corner. I, they keep trying to go rim it around, and Mike Smith gets out and stops all of those. But just to compete, I think having Tanov back in the, the lineup, uh, is even if he's only at 60% with a bad wing, he still is a, a, a strong defensive presence. A healthy Tanev is a, it makes that Calgary defense that much better. He's good. Uh, just the way he plays, he's a very sound defensive defenseman that has a little bit of bite to his game. So having him back was better. Uh, I, I mean, they played well. The problem for the Calgary Flames right now is they don't have depth scoring at all. On the, you know, the third and the fourth lines tonight, uh, that Dubé line is not doing much at all. I thought Backlund played very good, and then on the front line, Kachuk has been invisible since game one. They need him going uh, if they want to have any chance against the, the Oilers, but I, I just think that there was a commitment level and a battle level in tonight's game that they didn't have the last two. Uh, they're going to certainly need that big, big saves in the next game. And they're going to need their power play going as well. So I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the next game. I think the Calgary Flames are going to have a push. Yeah. I think there's a there's still belief in well, that. The series room. is not over. No, it's, it, it, it well, is. in a great position. Well, but it's one of those ones. All the pressure's on the Flames next game. But if the Flames win, the pressure becomes on the Edmonton Oilers coming home for Game Six because they don't want to have to go to Game Seven in Calgary. So it's amazing how every game switches who all the pressure is on. So the pressure will certainly be on the Calgary Flames next game. But they didn't wilt tonight, down 3 nothing. I wouldn't expect them to wilt next game as well. Okay, talking of international fans, I believe we have Hugh calling in from Sydney, Australia. Is that right, Hugh? Yeah, that's right. Um, been living down under for probably about 20 years. Um, but obviously from Canada originally and... Uh, yeah, we were playing hockey down here as well, and I've been listening to your show for a very long time. Uh, thanks for doing it. And, um, yeah, I just uh, thought I'd say hello and say thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, well, what time is it there? 
Uh, it's about 3.20 in the afternoon, so is basically i got to take the afternoon off work. Is it 3.20 tomorrow? Is it yeah, yeah, we're, we're a day ahead. Yeah, we're oh, a day okay. ahead. Yeah, okay, can day you do ahead. me a favor? Could you check to see if I won the 50-50 then? <laughs> okay, Rob. No, seriously, <laughs> you're just, you're just confusing people now. So uh, <laughs> where, where, where did you live in Canada, Hugh, before you went to Australia? Well, I was born in Montreal, lived there for a good chunk of time, but I became an Oilers fan because uh, we lived in the Kootenays uh, when I was five, so that was pretty much the heydays with Gretzky, so I became an Oilers fan then, uh, and then went back to Montreal and, and suffered uh, through high school being an Oilers fan, but um, paid my dues and uh, still there. Don't get me wrong, the Montreal history is, is still part of my life, but um, yeah. but yeah, definitely an Oilers fan and yeah. loving it. Do you, do you play hockey? In, uh, down under? Yeah, I play hockey, I referee, I coach. My son's playing. Like, it's a small community, but it's definitely happening down under. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So you grew up in B.C. in the 1980s. Were there any junior teams or players that you liked? <laughs> oh, I was too young. I, I think I, oh, like, okay. the only thing I had is Friday night. <laughs> Whereabouts in the Kootenays were you? Uh, Kimberly. Oh, yeah, I'd spend my summers in Cranbrook. Beautiful area there. Kimberly, Cranbrook area. Yeah. Right on. Well, Hugh, yeah. thanks for good, chiming in. That's memory. cool. You heard us talking about international fans, and you gave us a call. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. No problem. Thank you. Cheers. You checking in from Sydney, Australia. It is 3.30 in the afternoon Wednesday there. Awesome. little matinee game for him. That is kind of cool. It works out well if you go into triple or quadruple overtime, then it's just oh. normal for him when we're dead tired. Uh, but it is kind of nice when we have all the fans from all over the world listening to the show and obviously big fans of the Edmonton Oilers, and hopefully the Edmonton Oilers will uh, reward them with one more victory so that we can move on to the Final Four. The Blues could do that tomorrow, or pardon me, the Avalanche could do that tomorrow with a home ice win over the Blues. Uh, the Avalanche up 3-1 in that series as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The other NHL game tonight was Rangers over the Hurricanes, 4-1. That series is tied 2-2, and the uh, Blue Jays won big tonight, 8-1 over the Cardinals. We'll go back to the certainty hotline. We have Sir Robert standing by. Hi, Sir Robert. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, well, I got to tell you, when that, when that, uh, 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 when Calgary got that goal from 130 feet out, I, I, I honestly, I honestly didn't see it go in. I, I heard, I heard on the TV broadcast, but I heard on the TV, scored Calgary tied, and I'm like, I'm like, huh, what? But. No, but I mean, like, I mean, you know, but I mean, like, it, it was nice to see, uh, I mean, I mean, like, I guess I'll say this, it was nice to see the team, I guess, like, find a way to, you know, score, score a late one and win, but for me, the other nice thing was to see, was to see, see it come from somebody not named Connor or Leon. Well, you're right, it was an important goal for the, for the Oilers, and it's important when your top players uh, aren't the guys putting the puck in the back of the net. It's a confidence builder for the remainder of the team. And Nugent Hopkins and his line mates were very good all night long. And it's nice when guys put in the effort and at the end of the night, they get the reward. And it was a just reward because it was a well-earned goal. There was Well, and I think you got to start the next game with Yamo there. 
I agree. I mean, I, yes, he ran. I can't, he ran into the, Hyman in the neutral zone again. I know the uh, the one thing when you put Connor, Leon, and Kane together, it's uh, you're not left with a whole lot of other offensive weapons. And I think one of the reasons they put Yamamoto on the third line was to allow the third line to be a spark. I think if you put Yamamoto with Nuge, now you got two, but I think that just really drops off your third and fourth line. Having said that, Yamamoto and Nuge do have some chemistry together, and putting them together tonight was a, a, a stroke of genius is it got the Edmonton Oilers that all-important third victory. All right, 5-3, the Oilers take it. We also have uh, Abbas uh, checking in. Now, Abbas, are you in Ontario, Abbas? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're up late as well. Not You're yeah. uh, you're not an international fan, but you're a, uh, I don't know what we call you, another part of Canada. What do we call that, Rob? Fan well, of distance. He's a a long-distance fan in Canada, yes. Yeah. What's on your mind, buddy? Well, I gotta say, this team has adversity, and like I was saying, Woodcroft said that the adversity in this team, there's a lot for this franchise. And I'm, remember I told you, Oilers are gonna win this. We're gonna win this next game or not, or we're gonna, we're gonna bury these flames and we're, and we're ready for the Avalanche. Okay. And, I, and I'm picking them for the cup. Well, Abbas, you're one of the most optimistic fans out there, which I appreciate. People who have listened to me over the years know I don't get too far ahead. The Avalanche have not won their series. Nor, nor, have, nor, the nor have the Oilers. <laughs> but if after four games, the best situation you can be is having won 4 nothing. Both the Oilers and the Avalanche are in the second best situation you can be after four games. So we do celebrate that tonight. But uh, Kellen just telling me Abbas would be an inter provincial fan that's the word I was looking for he's an interprovincial fan oh, so within go. Canada not international interprovincial glad we have Kellen you just get the big words for us we got to bring Kellen in okay so Kellen hey guys Mike Smith on well, what day was the last game Sunday Mike Smith left the game and came back and mm -hmm. I've, I've had some people who, who follow well maybe they don't follow wrestling but I've heard some people refer to that as Smith's Steve Austin moment yes and some people refer to that as Smith's Undertaker moment you know more about WWE than anybody mm -hmm. which is it uh, I would side on the Steve Austin side uh, just because the audio and the video clips I've seen online from, you know, Oilers Nation and the other fan sites and everything like that. Uh, the, the walkout looks more like a Stone Cold Steve Austin walkout than it would be a Undertaker walkout. It could also be, if you're a, a, a baseball movie fan, it could be a Wild Thing type walkout from Major oh, League as yeah. well, right? So That's true. Charlie, was it yeah, Charlie that's Sheen? not a player. That's a guy coming in to close a game. That's not a guy well, coming back. He was a good point to close the game, though. Mike Smith was. Well, kind of, yeah. All right. Well, we've solved that WWE mystery. <laughs> now I feel at ease. All right. We got Tony, Chris, and Douglas up next in the batting order. Speaking of Major League, Oilers win at 5-3. They lead the series 3-1. We're live in Studio 99. Happy crowd here. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Brown, Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Brown wanting a two-goal lead. Nugent Hopkins, very high slot. Dry settle loads up, doesn't shoot. Waits, fans, recovers. McDavid, wide open, shoots, save, rebound, score! Zach Hyman, 2-0, power play goal, Edmonton! Well, Zach Hyman just too strong. 
down low on that play, Rob. He, he was, and he had an advantage. He's going against Tanev on that one. Tanev coming back from, I'm guessing, a shoulder injury, and he was in pain, and he was trying to get off the ice. He couldn't. And Zach Hyman is going to outbattle most players that are healthy. And if he's got a guy that's beat up a little bit, he's going to win that 100 times out of 100. And he did. And uh, a big goal at the moment. And, uh, and just a nice play by Leon tried making one play. It wasn't available. So Connor McDavid just turned his body around, took the puck on his backhand, and allowed there to be a battle in the blue paint between Tanov and Hyman. And we saw what happened as Hyman wins the battle and scores the goal. Seventh of the playoffs. Oilers win the game 5-3. They lead the series three games to one. Biggest hit tonight, oh. possibly Archibald on Cassian oh. with 12 and a half minutes left in the first. Oh, my goodness. Like, there, there's a couple moments tonight that j just shocked you in your seat. Obviously, the goal from 130 feet was one of them. But the other one, and you could see it coming to the point that you're, you were worried for the health of Zadorov. Because he's the one picking the puck up there, and he's got, I can see, okay, they got Cassian coming one way, here comes Archibald, and you're thinking, he's gonna be smushed. And all of a sudden, he takes one step forward, and they hit each other hard, and they showed it. I mean, Archibald hit Cassian so hard on that one, Cassian had to go down the tunnel for a while. Yeah. And they showed the, the, the replay of him. He was, I think he lost his breath. I'm sure that he got the, the air knocked out of him, but an absolute huge hit. The, the second biggest one, I think, was Pugliarvi, who did he run into in the middle? Was it Hyman? Yeah, I think he hit Hyman. He hit Hyman. So the two biggest Oilers hits were on their own players. But uh, uh, it was uh, it was a game that was well played by both teams with a couple big mistakes by goaltenders and a, a fun two-point, well, I guess not a two-point, a fun game three victory for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. Tony is standing by. Hi, Tony. Thanks for calling. Hey, I have a question for both you guys. Well, actually, two questions for you guys. First of all, in your opinion from watching him tonight, how would you, what percentage do you think Tanev's playing on right now? 50%, uh, 60%. He's got, yeah, he, I, moving his feet, he's, he's, he's all normal. But there were about five or six times that I saw him cringing, cringing with, uh, with his shoulder and the Oilers took no mercy every time he was on the ice they made sure they finished the check and my second question for you guys is okay we have Keith defenseman the and Coleman has won I think it's what two Stanley Cups with uh, with the lightning who would you say in game five is a more influential player when it comes to their team is it Coleman with Calgary saying okay this is how we do it or you think or you think it's Keith saying, okay, this is how we close up the series. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I don't know Coleman very well. I don't know much about him as a player. Um, I mean, the, the Calgary Flames have got a coach that has coached in every single situation possible. So he'll be able to tell the players, here's what we have done at some point in one of my teams. Uh, to me, I, I think both are important players to their team. I don't think either... Uh, player is going to dictate how their team plays that night but I think both players are important and I think the game is just every time you have a game it's something happens in the game that changes the complexion of the hockey game whichever team gets the better bounces the better goaltending is the team that's going to win on Thursday night yeah it's leadership is important I, I don't I guess you can tell me better than I would know Rob but just from what I talked to a lot of athletes I don't know if anybody has ever stood up and said okay 
when four years ago I was up 3-1 and in, on the first shift we shot the puck in and then <laughs> the, there, there, there will be conversations a, normally it's when someone asks right but or maybe uh, more of a attitude or more of a okay we're under fire let's calm down yes you know, like and there'll be in between periods a guy that's been there before will just talk about okay here's what we got to do or here's how we have to settle down or stuff like that I mean game seven the Oilers versus the LA Kings the LA Kings had much more experience in game sevens I would imagine with the Kopitars and the Jonathan Quicks uh, so experience is good but seriously it just comes down to playing a hockey game and all these guys have been doing it their whole lives yeah yeah I mean I don't know that's a that's a tough question I, I mean you could look at well Tampa Bay beat Florida because they have more experience or okay or maybe they're, they're just, a better team just better or they just <laughs> They have a, well, I mean, actually, in Game Seven, the, the, or sorry, in Game Four, that Florida was the better team. Tampa well, had, had the better goal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he made it was a 49 save shutout, and they weren't they weren't easy saves. So, yeah, uh, I think that's I don't, one of those intangible things. We know it makes a difference, but it's, how much? It's hard to measure. Does how it much, make yes. a team? Does, is Duncan Keith on the Oilers make them two percent better, five percent better, ten percent better? Mm -hmm. You never know. Or maybe 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 some nights it's. 40% better yep. if something he says or does or a play he makes under pressure and other nights it's it's hardly anything yeah and I seriously I can't speak of Coleman because I, I don't know him much at all as a hockey player I thought he had a pretty good game tonight and they will need the Calgary Flames are going to need someone from one of their depth players to come up big in the next game if they want to continue on in this series all right the Oilers take it 5-3 they were up 3-0 Calgary tied it Nugent Hopkins the game winner with 327 left in the third Pro biggest goal he's ever scored? Uh, probably. Well, I mean, he spent he, the first half of his career not going to the postseason, unfortunately. Uh, well, how about we say this? Let's hope it's not the biggest one. Let's hope the biggest so one far. is still yet to come. So far. Let's see. It's yet to Fair come. Fair enough. Okay, 780-496-0063. We are going to go international once again. Mike from Australia. Mike, where exactly are you? Hi, thanks for uh, taking my call. I'm in uh, Melbourne. Excellent. And uh, what prompted you to give us a call tonight? Just hear the other internationals? I hear the other internationals. Um, just wanted to say thanks. I love listening to the post-game and pre-game shows with you guys. Um, today, I missed the Mike Smith uh, goal from quite a ways out. I was just on an ambulance call. I'm at work today. Couldn't take the day off, but uh, excited about game six. Got a day off then, so um, just wanted to say thanks for the coverage. And my son is walking home from school right now, and he's probably hearing his dad on the radio, and he thinks that he's going to be pretty thrilled about oh, awesome. that too. Thanks. So sorry. Are you are you a uh, paramedic? EMT? Uh, yeah, I'm an intensive care paramedic uh, in Melbourne. Wow. Um, did that in Al did that in Alberta before um, moving over here. Been here about 20, 22 or 23 years now. Oh, awesome! Well, thanks for sharing that, Mike. Yeah. Really appreciate it. No, thanks, guys. And there's lots of lots of Oilers fans down here, and um, yeah, we we get together for barbecues, everything. All the games are during the day, as you already know, um, which is fantastic, especially on weekends. So go Oilers, yeah. go! Right well, that, that is Thank awesome. Thank you, Mike. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. We've had some fun calls tonight. I, I want to go to Australia now. Seriously. Well, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I go. We I can go. do some shows from there maybe next season. I think. In December. I think Chad, be all right. Chad would send us, wouldn't they? I can't see why they wouldn't. We'd probably have to drive. 
okay, we got an interprovincial. Then this town is beautiful at this time of year. We got Mark from Flon checking in. Hey, Mark, go ahead. Howdy, gentlemen. Uh, wonderful evening, considering how things have gone. Um, first time caller, uh, not quite international, but um, happy to be calling and, and doing Flin Flon proud on the Edmonton Airwaves. Um, I'm calling to uh, extend congratulations to Nuge. Um, Yes, it, like we, we in Edmonton know how valuable he is and how underrated he is uh, league-wise, but I, I think about like the baby-faced Nuge that first came into the league, the scrawny little scraggly guy who had lots of skill and, and uh, complimented the, quote, hope uh, uh, thing that was going on at the time, not quite the line, but that was, was the mantra, right? And it, it, he's, he's paid his dues. Like, it's been a long time for him to find a successful game like this in the playoffs. So hats off to the man. He almost, almost got the, uh, the, the hat trick. Um, but, uh, yeah, and also, finally, a decent mustache. That's about all I got to say. Well, he has been growing that since his first year, so it's an 11-year oh, mustache he's got going there. Yeah. Well, a very, a very beloved player for a, a lot of reasons and uh, has certainly become a good all-around player, outstanding special teams player, 2-5 mm -hmm. on 5 goals tonight. He is uh, he's, he's almost, I mean, clearly, we look around, most of the jerseys are McDavid jerseys and yeah. probably dry settles easily second. Nuge is almost in his own class, though, where he's just... You can't, you know, he's just beloved. Well, and he is, for me, as as I've gotten older and being part of media now, I cheer for players that I, I find out are good people. And I've done a number of events with R&H, and you just don't get a nicer kid than r &H. And I think that's another reason why he's so beloved here. Everything he does on the ice, and then you find out off the ice, he's just humble, nice person that you can sit and chat with and uh, feel comfortable with. So I think that's another big reason is he's he's just likable, both on and off the ice. And you're going to hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins when we get back. If you're on the Certainty Hotline, we'll bring you on to the show as well. The Oilers take it 5-3. It's a 3-1 series lead. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Battle for Yamamoto from behind the net. That's a barrier shot save. Rebound score. The Oilers regain the lead. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 27 to play, right under the bar, on the rebound. Nugent Hopkins chops in the game winner. The Oilers beat the Flames 5-3. Two goals tonight for Nuge, along with Mike Smith, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here he is. Hey, Ryan. Um, Nuge, you, you've been here 11 years. Uh, tonight was your, your first opportunity to score a playoff goal uh, with fans at home, uh, obviously, in, in the bubble you didn't. Can you talk about your first one then, obviously, the uh, the huge one late? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that first one's fortunate bounce, and 
Uh, then that, uh, the last one, I mean, Tice puts it in a good spot, and I just try to go to the net and bang, bang it in. So uh, obviously we just we stuck with it all game. We knew that they'd have a pushback, and uh, the way that we stuck together and uh, didn't turn on each other uh, at, at any moment uh, uh, shows good signs for our team. Mike, uh, obviously, give me a thought. Did you did you not see the puck? What happened? I can laugh now, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I I don't think there's been a time in my career where I've lost a puck where I have no idea where it went. And talking to some guys after, I wasn't the only one that didn't know where it was either. So it made me feel a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't want that to happen ever. But. Unbelievable goal by Nuge at the end there to, to give us a boost back and, and obviously get up in the series and a win's a win. Mike, you were talking a couple nights ago about the idea of learning that lesson from round one. What do you guys, what do you think you guys learned this time around? Well, I mean, obviously we got up 3-0 early in the first there, but I don't think we played our best period by any means. But uh, like Nuge said, we stuck together as a group. We never... Uh, we never wavered. We just kind of found a way to win a game. And, I mean, in the playoffs, that's what you have to do. I mean, we could easily, you know, packed it in after they got that long one on me. And we just showed resilience to come back and score a big goal there and, and uh, uh, push a series of 3-1. Nuge, how were you able to kind of regain that composure after they tied it 3-3 and then continue and carry on? Well, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, talk to each other on the be on the bench. But I mean, the main thing was, I mean, we just had to keep pushing and uh, 3-2, 3-3. I mean, the goal is to keep going and going and going and uh, stuff like that happens. I mean, it's hockey. Uh, bounces happen. And uh, like I said before, I mean, the way that we just stuck together and uh, there was no quit in our game. Ryan, Ryan uh, there's a lot to talk in the other room about, you know, one player winning the games for you guys. There's been a lot of talk from them about that. Do you guys take that personally? That wasn't the case tonight, obviously. Well, I mean, I, I think no matter what, obviously, obviously he's, he's the best player in the world. I mean, he's going to make a difference every night, and um, we're thankful to have him on our team. And at the same time, I think uh, everybody follows his lead and the way that he works. And um, uh, obviously, I mean, he does things offensively that nobody else can do, but uh, the way that he works and finishes checks and back checks, and uh, that, that's something that uh, everybody can uh, follow his lead by doing. And um, I, I think we, we all stepped up tonight, and uh, every game's a team game. We know that. I mean, it's just uh, you can't win with one guy, two guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough league, and especially come playoffs, uh, you need everybody pulling on the same role. And just how cool is this out here? It's amazing. I mean, uh, <laughs> Uh, the atmosphere in that building tonight was uh, something I've never experienced, and uh, it was pretty, pretty good 16-17 uh, uh, first round, but, I mean, tonight was uh, something special. Mike, uh, what are you seeing from your blue liners just in terms of their, of their ability to kind of remain calm and make smart little plays and just the way they seem to be breaking the puck out that's kind of the unsung guys i would say through a couple yeah i mean i don't think it's getting unnoticed a little bit but the composure you know the guys are playing with back there is is impressive it's it really is they're doing a lot of little things a lot of the a lot of the leg work that it takes to get pucks out get pucks up to our forwards as quick as possible and uh, they got some big guys in their team that are physical, and the D have done a good job to, you know, to avoid those collisions. But not only that, get the puck moving, and and like I said, get the puck 
up and out of our zone in, in key moments in the games. And um, it's been everyone back there. Everyone's played a big part in, in uh, where we're at in the series, and we want to keep that up. Ryan, not to keep looking back, but you guys have been in situations in important games where teams have stormed back on you, and I can imagine that creates stress within the team. How much better do you think your group is in that moment of kind of dealing with that, recognizing it, and, and getting that different result? Yeah, well, I think that's kind of been a theme with us all year. We've gone through some adversity this year, and um, the way that we've stuck together and, and came out uh, uh, came out the right end of it, uh, I mean, it shows the character that we have in that room and the resilience that we have in the group. So, I mean, uh, stuff like that happens uh, every game, and uh, you got to find a way to stick with it, and I think uh, we're well-equipped to be able to handle situations like that now. Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Mike Smith, two key players in the game tonight as the Oilers beat the Calgary Flames 5-3 to take a 3-1 series lead. Yeah, a, a big night and those two men were front and center of it as Mike Smith had the big goal against them but made a couple big saves down the stretch and Ryan Nugent Hopkins got the Oilers off on the right foot, pouncing on a misplay by Markstrom, putting it in the back of the net and then with the huge goal when everybody was a little bit nervous Late in the third period, he scores a big goal just out-battling his defenseman and putting the puck in the back of the net. Smith's, I thought, his best save, probably way back with about 12 minutes left in the first period, the Goudreau one-timer from the left wing when Calgary had the four-on-three. And you referenced it earlier, Backlund, who I thought had a pretty good game. He drove in around uh, Keith in the second period and got it under Smith's arm to cut it to 3-2. Short-handed, and that was early in that penalty mm -hmm. kill. He just took it to the net. And I mean, when you're shorthanded down a goal in the last three minutes, you almost have that mentality where it's just you're, yep. you're going to try to make a rush. Well, and it was a one-on-three. And, and that's the, the thing. The power play, they don't defend normally, even no. though they need to, right? Well, right. And it's, it's a real weird situation because it, it's it's you're, you're on a power play, but you're, you're thinking, okay, don't make a mistake. Uh, keep things to the outside. Uh, you know, dump pucks in, it, it, keep it away from your own net. These are things that don't normally go through your penalty cover or your power play. Now, the Oilers did put two defensemen out on their power play instead of having their regular grouping out there. But Backlin got the puck at his own blue line and he drove it. He, he had a whale of a hockey game. And he forced Mike Smith to make two saves on that shorthanded. So uh, Mike Smith uh, made the saves he needed to at the time that he needed to do it. Uh, and as he said, he's able to laugh about it now. But it is, it is unbelievable that uh, he, when he couldn't pick that puck up and shocking, because that puck could have gone anywhere. It's, right. not like, it's not like Anderson is picking a corner. He's putting the puck on net, and Smith covers probably 80% of the net, and it just hit the 20% that he wasn't covering. All right, we have Douglas on the Certainty Dot line. Hey, Douglas, go ahead. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Yeah, just a couple comments about uh, that crazy game tonight. Sure. I was down at the Moss Pit uh, the other night, but I'm too old. I'm 65, so I'm not going to go tonight. But I, I'm watching TV and listening, and I see the Oilers are wearing their dark blue jersey. Dark blue. And, you know, when they wear that dark blue jersey, and I've called in before about this, and people say I'm crazy. Players don't care. Well, they're not wearing orange. They didn't wear orange either of these two games, and they won both of them. So I love the dark they're, blue. They're wearing the dark blue every playoff game. 
Excellent. So, so I mean, two, then two, they're two, going a long, down. long way. Yeah. Well, I like them because the numbers are easier to see. I agree. I, I, like I, I don't mind them, actually. But I'm not a huge, like, unless a jersey's really ugly, I'm probably like, okay, you just get used to it. Like the I, 1980s Vancouver Canucks jerseys? I think simple is, is better. I agree. For logos and jerseys. I, I, I like the Oilers blue better than orange anyways. Although it, well, I've said before, I like the orange when they first introduced it in the final year of Rexall and then the alternate they wore the first year here and in the playoffs the first year here. I like that orange better than the current orange one. I still like blue better. Would I you just, like to, they might go back to the traditional. I mean, we got some people wearing them here. Yep, I like those. I like those better than, those are my favorite uniforms, those blues there. But I like these because the numbers stand out and oh, we're that, a long way well, away. We are a long ways away, so <laughs> it is, you're right. Especially when I was doing the color for those games when the guys were sick. It's hard picking up numbers on certain jerseys and you're staring down there. Yeah. And uh, my eyesight ain't what it used to be, so. There's a, that, guy, there's a guy growling at us. I, I think it was a happy growl. No, I think he's in a good mood. <laughs> I did notice security was coming closer, so yeah. that's good. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's go international again. We have another Australian caller, Ben. Where are you? Hi guys, I'm from uh, south of Perth in Australia. And what time is it there? Uh, been uh, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Just out for a walk on the beach for my lunchtime break. Bring sunshine and listen to you guys. Well, that sounds like it's a amazing. pretty good afternoon. Did you watch the game today? Uh, well, I was in a few meetings, so I was uh, had a one eye on the screen and one eye on the meeting. So it was a bit hard to contain the excitement of that last goal. But now, uh, yeah, it's been uh, been great to follow the playoffs this year. Now, how are you? Are you first of all an Oilers fan? Uh, my wife was born in Edmonton, uh, okay. and her father is uh, still very much Canadian. They've been in Australia for 40 years. I've visited there three times already, and only unfortunately made two Oilers games so far. Awesome. Well, now, we we did, appreciate it. Did you ever? Now, did you ever play hockey? God, no, not not fit enough and not skilled enough. But uh, that's why I appreciate the game so much. <laughs> now, did you play to sport? To skate and, uh, and move a puck around at the same time, that's uh, very skilled. <laughs> did you play sports in Australia? Yeah, a lot of cricket and a lot of Australian football. Oh, neat. I love and, watching uh, Australian that's... football. I don't quite yeah. understand all the rules. Yeah. I know how the scoring works. I, I think it's a great sport. Yeah, well, just the uh, there's, a, there's a lot of similarities between the two sports, particularly the, the line changes now in Australian football. They change the lines in the midfield like they do to change the lines in hockey. So there are some similarities. Right Turnovers on. cost you a big time, and it's, it, there are some similarities, just a different size field, I guess. Right on. Well, thanks for listening. This is really cool to hear from you. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Call any time. No worries. Thanks, guys. All right, Ben from uh, Perth. Who's walking on the beach right now? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I wish I was Ben right now. Well, we can go down to the North Saskatchewan and walk <laughs> along it. Just don't dip your toe in. It might be a little chilly. <laughs> well, we got a lot of friends now in Australia. We could go over there. I mean... It, oh, yeah, they could put us up. Well, I mean, Chad's going to have to ask for them to put us up. They're not going to pay for our hotels over there, but, I mean, they might fly us over first class. I'm still, in the, I'm still trying to figure out how we drive there. All right, Oilers win 5-3. We have Nicole standing by. Hi, Nicole. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I'm calling in from Switzerland. I thought I'd give you guys a shout since it seems to be international night. So you're in Switzerland? I am, yeah. Just about to start my work day. It's 8 in the morning. 
And you're from Edmonton, I assume? Yes, yeah, born and raised. And what, uh, what has sent you over to Switzerland? Uh, my husband is Swiss. I've been living over here for a little over 10 years, but still tune in to you guys and get up at the crack of dawn to watch the Oilers play. Well, that's amazing. So, so did you watch this entire game? I, I, um, I was up at quarter to five and stepped in right as the second period was starting. So I'll have to do the replay of the first period to catch those first three goals. Yeah, you're gonna watch. Want to watch the first because that was when the the Oilers were on fire. Uh, now, do you do you watch a lot of the Oilers games? Are you a, are you a big Oilers fan? A big hockey fan? I am. Yeah. My, so, uh, like some of the other callers, grew up in the '80s, so we're an Oilers household. Um, I try to watch whenever I can, but usually have to catch it on the replays because the games end up being around two in the morning, which is not really ideal. So. What 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 would the games be on over there? Like what? Who cover? Who carries the games for you? Oh, I use an NHL account. Sometimes I can catch a broadcast if um, if one of the pubs might be having a pretty good satellite um, connection. But Swiss networks don't really cover them. And do you go to the games in the Swiss Hockey League, or what sports do you follow in person there? I live pretty high up in the Alps, so I'm not really close to any of the major teams, but okay. I used to study in Lugano, which is where um, Kazi is headed, so right. used to go and catch the odd game down there, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's a pretty good league over there now, I think. It's probably yeah, third yeah. or fourth best yeah. in Europe. All right. Yeah. Are you a skier? Uh, ski and snowboard, yeah. Oh, nice. Cool. You don't yeah. mind if Reed and I come yeah. visit, do you? Yeah, there's another place we got to go do our show from. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I can set you guys up in our apartment in Thermont, and you guys are welcome to broadcast from here. Oh, awesome. Nicole, this was really cool. <laughs> Hope you have a good work day. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, so it's the people from Australia, Switzerland, and then, best of all, Flint Flon. It's unbelievable. Uh, did you just see on the, the big screen that a, a Calgary Flame dude asked an Edmonton Oiler lady to marry on at the game tonight yes fans not employees of the teams well you don't know that <laughs> well they wouldn't be sitting where they i saw stuff about it on twitter oh i just saw it in the on, on the tv in here right now i mean everything happened tonight in this hockey game marriage proposals i want to see this foot shots this, okay here's the save varsity made on dry settle that is a phenomenal save and dry settle got all of it too yeah so, yeah, well, there's another play right there. Well, yeah, when Smith almost played it in the track, he passed it to himself. But he didn't pass it very the fast. the no zone, yeah. So then, yeah, the, the Oilers lost the puck. Yeah, like, he caught it. I wonder where he lost it. Yeah, he just totally He never saw it, it the whole way. And he probably thought, okay, our guy has the puck. He's going to drive or shoot it in deep, and then all of a sudden it's coming down the ice. And the Flames, the Flames were close to too many men a couple of times in this game. The Oilers wanted another call, and then that was the one they got called on. Wasn't as... That, that was the one, one of those where they don't have the puck, but all six guys are playing their position yes. checking. So th the guy raced off, but they still... It might have been Coleman, actually. It was Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Or, but now, he may have not been at fault, but he was the one who was trying to get, <laughs> get off the but ice. It, he realized it. But it's funny, too, that as soon as it, they called it, Kachuk knows that he serves those because he was already flipped over the bench and skating towards the, the penalty box. That's his role. And they're showing Mike Smith right now giggling about the shot in his post-game interview that we just heard a few minutes ago. Okay, 780-496-0063. Oilers win 5-3. They will try to wrap up the series 
Thursday in Calgary. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Ten seconds to go. Brad will tell you how game four turns out. at the end of the game and Dubé and Zadorov involved for Calgary. Dubé took a run at Derek Ryan. The Edmonton Oilers are one victory away from the Western Conference Final. Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer bringing the final seconds of the game tonight. The Oilers knock off the Flames 5-3. The 50-50 was $9.2 million, so the winner's taking home $4.6 million. Ticket A, 127-00-8929. Go to the Oilers' website to check the all the winning numbers because there are a bunch of early bird draws, too, throughout the, the days here of this playoff Mega 50-50, powered by 630 Chad and Pepsi, by the way. And we get to keep going. More 50-50. <laughs> for future we do. games we do you win a game we get to add another at least four more after that one so uh it, it's the Oilers are in the driver's seat uh it's their series to lose right now but it isn't over the Calgary Flames still have two games on home ice possible and once they lost the one game in, in Calgary they knew they had to win one in Edmonton they still have one other opportunity to do that but to get back to Edmonton, they have to win Thursday night in Calgary. And that game, of course, is live on 6.30. Chet, face-off show at 5.30. The puck will drop at 7.30. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630Chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Chet. Oilers hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Two for the Nuge, two for Kane. Hyman also scores. Oilers win 5-3. They lead the best of seven, 3-1. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.